0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm going to start off by saying I apologize, I sound a little froggy. Um, I was traveling in um, the past couple weeks, and I was in a tropical place, a beautiful place that was warm and sunshiny and very old. And it turns out that the uh, building I was in, I was actually pretty allergic to. (laughs) Something about the tropics combined with... Buildings from long, long ago. And, um, you know, the result is I'm kind of froggy. So I have been, you might have noticed there hasn't been any episodes in the past uh, like two weeks. That was in part because I was trying to get myself to be a little bit less froggy for your ears as my podcast listeners. So I hope that you can bear with me. I think my voice is in a place where this is plausible. So we are here and we've got exciting news. This is so exciting i am been itching to tell you guys about this, and I'm going to do it. Here I am. Now is the moment. You may have noticed um, I did not introduce myself the way I typically do here at the beginning of the podcast. That was not just because of Froggy Voice, but that is also because there is change in the air, my friends. The winds are blowing differently, and empowerment through thought. Um, this business that I run, right? You guys know I'm a philosophical counselor. I have a doctorate in philosophy, and things they are a change in. So, here's what's up. If you've been around for a while, you know that in general I serve the survivors of narcissistic abuse, right? I my slogan has been I help them be confident. I help them move forward from the past. I help them reclaim their identities. And you know what? All that stuff is still true. You guys know my story. If you've listened here on the podcast, I have two toxic parents, a toxic ex, and a toxic mother in law. And that has uh, shaped a lot of my journey. That background has really um, led me to seeing the real healing properties of philosophy. Now, with all of that being said, there is a pivot coming up. I am pivoting a little bit in my business. Now, let me just tell you the the background. Let me tell you how how we got to this this little pivot here. You know, was, I've been really thinking hard about trying to identify exactly where on the survivor journey philosophy has real potent value i think that you will be served no matter where you are as a survivor of narcissistic abuse by philosophy i think it's helpful but i really wanted to hone in on like where is it gonna have the most bang for its buck you guys know that um i've talked about how philosophy is mm, it's sometimes it's not for the faint of heart right? You have to put your big thinking cap on. We got to do some big brain stuff. We got to think critically. We got to ask hard questions. And that's all cognitively demanding, right? that's Those are big tasks. Those are big things we got to do, right? And so if we're going to do that work, right? If I'm going to come over there and I'm going to see you as a survivor, I see you working on something, and I'm going to ask you to do this big cognitive work, right? I want to make sure that you are going to get really far with the work that you put in, right? I want you to show up, do that hard work, and really reap tons of benefits from it. Now, I've talked before about how philosophy isn't a magic pill, right? It's, it's not going to be like, oh, think hard for 10 minutes, and then magically everything is better. But I do think that there are some parts of the survivor journey where philosophy can have a bigger impact, right? Less work, higher impact kind of energy. And I've been really thinking about that. And, you know, the thing that came up for me again and again and again as I thought about this is uh, flying monkeys, flying monkeys. So if you don't know, um, if you're new here, hi, welcome. This is an exciting moment to step into. Um, Flying monkeys is a colloquial term used for what psychologists call enablers, and these are individuals who abuse us on behalf of the uh, narcissist in our lives, right? So they are not um, narcissists themselves, typically. They do not usually have a personality disorder themselves, but they are working in cahoots, with the main abuser and they take it upon themselves to come over to us, usually when we are in a boundary setting state, right? And they come tell us all of their opinions about what we're doing, right? They come say, you shouldn't do that. You know, you're wrong to have these boundaries and they're just dropping big opinions on us, right? And usually their goal is to try to persuade us. Right. They want us to change our mind that we shouldn't have these boundaries with the abusive person, blah, blah, blah. Right. So, flying monkeys, a uh, big topic in the narcissistic abuse recovery space. And it always has struck me that that kind of situation is where psychology really drops the ball. Psychology doesn't have a lot of resources to help us decide what to do about flying monkeys right? Now, I think this is exactly where philosophy shines, right? Because what's happening when we have a flying monkey is, you know, we have made a decision. Usually we've set some kind of boundary. Uh, We've thought hard about, you know, how we want to deal with the abusive person in our lives. Usually the boundaries we set as survivors are well thought through, Right, There's something we've really considered, we've struggled with, we've tried to avoid usually for most of us, we try to avoid setting boundaries if at all possible, and we finally get to this place where we're like, no, this is really the right thing, this is actually the thing I have to do. And We go in, we set those boundaries, and then comes the doubters, come in the haters, <laughs> like they all just kind of come upon us, Right? And some of them are worse than others, but all of them are coming to us and what they are trying to do is increase our level of doubt, right? They're trying to make us doubt this decision that we fought really hard for. They're trying to persuade us that our opinion, our decision is incorrect, right? And philosophy has got you. <laughs> Where psychology has faltered, philosophy can help. Now, why, why is philosophy helpful here in the flying monkey space? Well, one of the reasons is philosophy gives you a whole bunch of tools, huge toolkit to help you handle when people are doubting your decision or your opinion. Right. A lot of what we do in philosophy is we learn how to defend our ideas. Right? That's a core skill in philosophy, learning to defend them. So that means you do your own thinking, you you apply your reasoning abilities, you come up with a this is my this is my answer to this question. And then in philosophy what we actually practice is people saying, "Oh, but maybe you're wrong because of this." Right? And that's that's kind of what the flying monkeys are doing. They're saying, "Well, maybe you're wrong." because it's your mother. Right? Usually they don't have like the best the best reasons, right? But what happens is even if they don't have very good reasons, as a survivor you start to worry. You start to be like, "Oh, well maybe I didn't think it through enough or maybe I'm wrong or maybe I I didn't consider this correctly." Right? And in philosophy, what we can do is help you get to a place where you can hear you can hear that flying monkey say, "Oh, I think you're wrong about this." and you can come up with a very confident response. Right? You can really hold your ground. You can you can feel all the feelings of having people doubt you without it causing you to say maybe I'm wrong. Right? That is a huge strength of philosophy. So those are about the reasoning skills, the reasoning that goes into um A philosophy defending your ideas, it helps you get more what we would call epistemically confident, right? So epistemic just means like your beliefs, right? So whatever you believe the right thing to do is, philosophy has tools that can help you become really confident that you are doing the right thing, right? That that is a correct belief, a true belief. So one of the challenges that Flying Monkeys presents us is if we are feeling insecure, if we are feeling unsure of the value of our boundaries or the values of our decisions, philosophy is a huge toolkit to help you feel confident. So confident in fact that the flying monkeys just become noise, they're kind of annoying in the background. You don't even have to think twice about them. Okay. So that's one way philosophy helps with flying monkeys. Another way that philosophy helps with that kind of situation is Um, the ethical complications of flying monkeys, right? So one thing that's challenging with a flying monkey is that they are not our primary abuser, right? Usually there's a narcissist in the picture and this is like a third party that's being brought into the picture. Usually this third party is also actively being abused by this narcissist. That's very common, right? So we are in a bit of an ethical dilemma as um, you know, the third, the the person here who's who's kind of creating the problem. Look, we're not actually creating the problem, right? Setting boundaries, you are not creating the problem, right? But according to the narcissist, you are the troublemaker because you said, no, I'm not gonna go to that event, or no, I'm I'm not gonna speak to you anymore. Right. So we're in a weird situation because we don't want to treat the flying monkey in exactly the same way we treat the narcissist because they're not treating us in the same way as the narcissist, right? A flying monkey is in a very different position. They are also being abused. They do not always understand the way that they are being manipulated. There's all of these ethical complications that make it hard to understand how should I treat this person? Like, do I need to go no contact with them? Like, how do I figure out the right way To handle this person who's also being hurt in this situation, right? And then we might also have some feelings about them like, oh, well, if I cut off the flying monkey, then, you know, that's also my family and I really want to have a family and I don't know how I can have a family like in this space with these people doing all these different things, right? And so those are questions about, those are ethical questions. Those are questions about our personal values, These are all things that philosophy can really help with. We have a ton of ethical systems, a lot of different complicated um, solutions to problems like this that you can work on and you can adapt and you can use to help yourself get a really clear understanding of what is important to you, what do you want to do with the flying monkey, and to feel good about that decision to feel confident in whatever decision you make right one of the things i love about philosophy is it, it doesn't tell you what the what the answer should be right it it doesn't it's not a formula it's not like a math problem it's not like pop in this thing and this thing and you will get the answer is 32 it's not like that you can really have a full range of solutions to any philosophic problem the difference is some solutions are stronger than others right there's lots of options but some are stronger some are weaker and if you get good at using the skills of philosophy you're going to be able to come up with answers that feel right to you and are very strong answers to all of these different problems so i was doing this thinking and I, you know i was really really resonating with like okay like flying monkeys are kind of that's that's the part of the survivor journey that like philosophy has the most bang for its buck but i was thinking you know it's not just with flying monkeys right like yes that is the part of the survivor journey where i think it's most obvious but even as survivors even when we don't have flying monkeys in our faces we still have these Kind of similar sets of issues, issues that I think really philosophy still has that really potent ability. So, when we, I want to take a little break to hear what from our sponsor. When we come back, I'm going to talk more about how I think, you know, philosophy can help with this flying monkey situation. But I think the secret sauce of philosophy is actually a bit broader, even than just the flying monkeys. So let's take a break, come back, you'll hear some more. So what is it really, like, what's really going on with flying monkeys? This is a question I've been kicking around. What, Like, what's special about that situation? And, you know, I think, I think what's really happening is that as survivors of narcissistic abuse, um, when we start to set boundaries, when we start to engage in really prioritizing ourselves, what's happening is we are going against the norms of our family. We are going against the norms of the environment that we've been in, right? We are We are literally like breaking tradition. And usually it's in a way that the narcissist doesn't like, right? They're kicking and screaming. And I was thinking, well, you know, anytime you go against The norms around you. Anytime you go against societal norms, you're gonna get the equivalent of flying monkeys, right? We see it on the internet all the time. We see people getting up here, and you know they're like, let's say you're a fat person like I am, right? And you you post a picture or video of your fat self uh, dancing or something. And this is something you know society says fat people should hide. Society says there's no space for fat people. Only only thin, beautiful people get to dance on the internet, right? And so you get people up in your comments who are trying to convince you that what you are doing is wrong, right? They are people who are trying to convince you that you have broken some unstated rule and that you should be upset at yourself and that you shouldn't do that again, Right? So any time we are engaged in some kind of going against the norms, we get the flying monkey phenomenon, right? And what's tricky as, as, you know, coming from the survivor background, right, one of the things that happens is that starts off that, like, don't break the rules kind of energy starts off with the narcissist, right? Maybe as you set up boundaries, the flying monkeys come over to do that work. Right. But once you've gotten like all of those problems sorted out in your life, there's this unfortunate thing that happens, which is we do it to ourselves. Right. We still have the voice of the narcissist in our head or the voice of the flying monkey. Like we are criticizing ourselves. We are causing ourselves to doubt ourselves. We're putting pressure on ourselves anytime we're violating any of these norms. And we're saying like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that maybe you're wrong about that, right? And so it's not just when we have flying monkeys in our lives or just when we're dealing with a narcissist. It's literally any time we are going against society's norms. Now, with uh, you know the work I've been doing, I've really been focused on kind of family dynamics um, when you have someone like a narcissist in the picture. And you know that that really resonates with me but i think that the conversation that we're having is bigger it's part of a bigger thing and so this has caused me to revamp what the focus is here at empowerment through thought so i want to reassure everyone that if you are a survivor of narcissistic abuse the things i'm going to be talking about are absolutely going to apply to you okay I am not leaving behind the the folks that I was serving before. Um we are just casting a little bit of a wider net. Cuz you know, one thing I've noticed working with the survivors of narcissistic abuse, many folks want to understand what a narcissist is in much more detail. And you know, that isn't a strength of philosophy. We can have a conversation about that in philosophy absolutely and in fact I'm actually working right now on writing an academic paper that's a philosophical exploration of what a narcissist is but that is not the strength of philosophy you're better off learning that from a psychologist because actually psychologists came up with with the category of someone with narcissistic personality disorder so there's there's specific needs in that community that I think I'm not it's not my strength right so what we are doing is we are moving to a a new, a new focus. So I'm going to share with you my new tagline, okay? Here it is, empowering generational cycle breakers to confidently live their truth by unleashing the power of philosophy. Okay, so now we are talking about generational cycle breakers. Generational cycle breakers. Now, if you're a survivor of narcissistic abuse, you are doing this. You are a generational cycle breaker, right? You are going against what maybe your toxic parents said, right? Or maybe, you know, how your grandparents set up the family dynamics, right? You are going in and you're saying, I'm going to choose something different. I'm not going to repeat the same mistakes that have been made generation and generation and generation, right? I am breaking the cycle and I am picking something new, right? That is that process of going against the norms. That is that process of pushing back and saying, hey, this is not the way it has to be. And I'm the right person to say it's going to be something else. And anytime we're doing that kind of work, anytime we are pushing back against the norms, whether you are doing it within your home, whether you're doing it within your workplace, whether you are doing it within your own mental processes, right? Your own internal thinking. However, you are pushing against those norms, you are actively involved in breaking cycles and you are very likely to struggle with some of the confidence issues we were talking about earlier with flying monkeys, right? You are getting this feedback, either you're generating it, external things are generating it, right? That maybe you are wrong, that maybe you shouldn't act like this, that maybe you should be exactly like your parents were before, or maybe you should be exactly like your more senior colleagues in your workplace are. Right? Maybe you are doing the wrong thing. And that, my friends, that is the moment when that self doubt comes in, when you are feeling nervous that you aren't actually doing the right thing. That is where the medicine of philosophy, I think, has the most opportunity to come in and be like, don't worry, I got you. Don't worry, we can show you. I can ride it out just like you can a proof in geometry. I can write it out and show you exactly why the thing you're doing is absolutely the right thing to do. We've got big ethical systems that we can pull on. We have giants in philosophy. We've got Kant. We've got um, utilitarianism. We've got virtue ethics. We have big, big ideas in philosophy that have been developed over centuries to help back you up. So that you really legitimately can confidently live your truth. You don't have to be shy. You don't have to hide in the corners. You don't have to be worried when you go to a family event and you got people who maybe don't share your, your opinion of what the right thing to do with the problematic family member is, right? You don't have to feel worried. Those people can be over there they can be they can be haters they can be doubters you are going to sit in an unshakable confidence why are you going to be confident because you will have done your homework you will have all of the evidence you need you will have at the tip of your tongue the reasons to justify your chan- your behavior your decisions. Now you are not obligated to share that information with anyone, right? You don't owe anyone an explanation, but in your own mind, you will have that information and you don't have to be nervous anymore. You don't have to be fearful of, you know, that great aunt that's going to talk some crap in the back. (laughs) You don't have to worry about her, right? Because you'll know that you're doing the right thing And no matter what those people have to say, you will have already considered their perspectives, right? In philosophy, we would call those their objections, right? You will have already considered it, understood why it's not something you need to be concerned about and be able to sit confidently in your truth. Now, philosophy, I think, is such a good tool for helping generational cycle breakers because for the very same reasons we were talking about with flying monkeys, right? On the one hand, it gives you the reasoning tools so that you can really show yourself that you are, in fact, doing the right thing. And because philosophy is all of these tools to help us deal with complicated ethical situations, Right. When you are a cycle breaker, especially if you are a generational cycle breaker, you are probably making at least some people uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. Exactly who is, um, you know, the, the details will matter. Right. But you are very likely to be making at least someone uncomfortable. If it's in the workplace, you might be making your boss uncomfortable. If it is in your home, you might be making your parent uncomfortable. If it is in your own mind, you might be making yourself uncomfortable. Right? And those, anytime you are in a position where your actions in some way, shape, or form are causing discomfort for another person, you are in an ethical situation right? This is a situation where we have to ask ourselves, how should I treat this other person? How should I treat myself? How should I treat my boss, right? And philosophy has the resources to give you very good answers to those questions, very strong answers to those questions. Now, the answers may not be the same for everyone, right? Like I said, philosophy is not a math problem, But what we're going to have is a really robust way for you to systematically think through the ethical complications of whatever cycle you are actively breaking and to give you the reasoning skills so that you can go unwaveringly into whatever decision it is that you want to make, right? Those reasoning skills will give you the confidence you need to be the kind of person who goes out there and breaks cycles that you see are not helping anyone. Right? The people who are able to go out there, the people who can handle flying monkeys, the people who can, you know, be a fat person and dance on the internet, the people who can show up and make those hard decisions. Why are they able to do that? It's because they have the confidence to do it. Reasoning, philosophy is one very powerful way to achieve that confidence. So, what's happening here at Empowerment Through Thought? I'm shifting gears a little. You're gonna see me over the next several weeks um, kind of drop some of the language of narcissistic abuse, the focus on flying monkeys, these sorts of things. And we're going to shift into a conversation about generational cycle breakers. I want you to know that you are still a part of this conversation if you are coming from the narcissistic abuse space. I also want to give you a warm hug and a a warm goodbye if that is not the kind of conversation that you want to be having right now. I can totally respect that. This is a bit of a pivot. I think it's an exciting pivot because we are calling in what is at the heart of many of the most difficult parts of the survivor journey. And we are also acknowledging that that struggle is a part of a much broader struggle for all of us who are engaged in breaking generational cycles. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope that this is is as exciting for you as it is for me. I'm really looking forward to all of the interesting conversations we're going to have about how philosophy can help us to really get that confidence up so that we can break whatever cycles we think are no longer good for us and for the world at large. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you're here and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.